0: Amen. Thank you. How many of you have your Bibles this morning? Uh Amen. Pastor had is up first. Did y'all notice that? Amen. Amen. Okay. Well, you know, I I mention that only because I... I have seen and observed people come in without their Bible or, or, or their electronic device or their Nook or their iPad. Where you could, that works just as well, too. You can follow Scripture that way. But uh, it's really important to be able to reference Scripture uh, in front of you and, and preferably take notes, too. I mean, that's, that's why we do this. That's why we, we come here, because we want to share God's Word, and I just want to make sure that everybody's on the same page with that. Um, I think it's really important to do that so you can come back and make a reference to what was said, just like the Bereans do or did, to make a reference to what was said, to see if what was being said was true, because that's really important to be able to do that. Amen? Amen. Okay, let's look to the Lord. Father, we just thank you for this time that you give us to look at what your word says to us. We thank you and praise you for information that we can use when we leave here, information that we can use when we are interacting with other people. We thank you for your presence in all these things, and we ask that you bless us and keep us, give us the ability to speak boldly your name when called upon, and we give you praise and thanks in all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. My wife and I presently go twice a week to the place where she had to go through physical therapy after injuring her back last year. And thankfully, you know, she's healed from the injury. And, you know, we go there to exercise and stay loose through what is termed a wellness program. Along with both of us at these workout sessions where you're using a treadmill and a sit-stepper, a weight machine, a stationary bike, are other people presently in therapy from recent injuries. The difference between wellness or being in wellness and physical therapy is that wellness means you work out on your own while a certified instructor closely monitors you or those people who are under physical therapy. They have an instructor, they have a person who actually looks after them. Physical therapy requires a close monitoring of the person who is in rehabilitation by the instructor. There has to be a clear communication of what exercises need to take place in order for the injured person to heal as quickly as possible. And especially because there are a fixed number of weeks that that person can actually receive treatment under a doctor's care. You only get a certain amount of time when you're in physical therapy before the time runs out where it won't be paid for anymore by your person who's your hospital or your health provider. So the instructor has to give instructions that are easy to follow and understand, and the patient also needs to be very clear as to the limits of what they can do in their recovery. Both persons need to communicate well with each other in order to ensure that the recovery is timely and effective. Now when we look at this type of communication, we see that there are positive results when both persons are cooperating and responding to questions and comments. This is what you would call the optimal level of communication that each one of us would like to have in our personal and work relationships. With this in mind though, we readily acknowledge that this is sometimes more of a goal than reality. Not everybody communicates the same way that we do. Not everyone's going to understand everything that we say. Not everyone's going to click when it comes to good communication. The art of communication is a skill that needs to be developed over time. It requires not just the ability to speak clearly, but also the ability to listen to the other person or persons Interpret the comments and make a response. Now I mention all of this because we need to keep in mind that our best opportunities for relating the gospel of Jesus Christ to others is how we develop our interpersonal relationships. How you're developing your interpersonal relationships. The development of these relationships starts with effective interpersonal communication. Interpersonal means person to person, person to person communication. As we are called, each of us is called by Jesus Christ to preach the gospel, we will explore today the science of interpersonal communication. This review of the process will help promote consistency in the ongoing development of relationships and will hopefully provide a spark for those of us who believe they aren't the best at communication. For those who make that statement, I must present you with the challenge that your perceived lack of skills of communication is no excuse for not going out and speaking the gospel at the appropriate time. It's no excuse. Remember, remember, This is Jesus Christ's command to each of his followers, each one of them. Let's go for a refresher to Matthew chapter 28, and let's look at that. Matthew 28. And note that when Jesus makes this command, he doesn't say the best speaking people are the ones to go out and do this. He's saying everybody. So, I'm making it very clear that those of us who have perhaps a degree in communication versus those of us who are just getting into school or grade school or high school, you're no different. Each and every one of us are on the same level when it comes to this command that Jesus Christ gives us. In Matthew 28, verse 18, it says Then Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you, and remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. That's for everyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ. There's no exclusivity in that comment or statement, other than the fact that you're a believer. Let's take a look at what happens with Moses. Moses had a conversation with the Lord about going to speak to Pharaoh on behalf of the Israelites. Moses was not confident of his ability to speak at all. Many of us may feel the same way, but God wants us to see where he is working in your communication. The example of that is in Exodus chapter 4. Let's take a look. Exodus 4. Go over, please, to verse 10, and we'll start there, we'll read verse 10, and go through to verse 15. Moses is admitting, acknowledging what he perceives to be a shortcoming, a shortcoming about his ability to speak. It says in Exodus chapter 4, verse 10, but Moses replied to the Lord, please, Lord, I have never been eloquent, either in the past or recently, or since you have been speaking to your servant, because I am slow and hesitant in speech. Yahweh said to him, Who made the human mouth? Who makes him mute or deaf, seeing or blind? Is it not I, Yahweh? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. Now look at verse 13. You know, Moses basically ignored everything he just said, God said in verse 12. Said, Moses said, please, Lord, send someone else. Verse 14. The response from the Lord is not the best, but we hear where it comes from. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, Isn't Aaron the Levite your brother? I know that he can speak well, and also he is on his way now to meet you. He will rejoice when he sees you. You will speak with him and tell him what to say. I will help both you and him to speak and will teach you both what to do. Don't miss those comments. God will, in his way, provide help for you to do what you need to do, will give you the confidence to be able to speak on your own, but the bottom line is that you are fulfilling the command of God by doing this very thing. But you've got to trust him that he's going to do those things. So with this information... We can't use our lack of ability in speech as an excuse. Now, let's start with this, though, as a small sidebar. Education is everything. If you're going through school and you're blowing off classes, kids, about English and learning English and grammar, you're only hurting yourself. Because when it comes time for you to speak, you're going to have trouble. So, you see where your education, your knowledge of the English language is very, very important in your ministry. This message is about your ministry in communication. It is a ministry that we're talking about, a ministry that we're focusing on. You don't have to be the strongest person, the most handsome individual, the most gorgeous woman. You just need to be able to speak and articulate on behalf of God to anyone who's willing to listen. That's what you need to be able to do. Your communication is a ministry. Let's not leave out those persons who are young believers, young believers in Jesus Christ, with the proper focus on God in the process, Young believers can proclaim the gospel just as well as seasoned believers, us old-timers. In fact, it's probably better that they do to younger demographics. They can probably even do it better than I could. My wife and I were talking the other day about this whole thing they call, I don't even know if they still use this term today, street cred. Street cred, everybody hear that? Well, on a scale of 1 to 10, my street cred is probably like a minus 3. Because when it comes to relating to young people, here I am coming along, speaking the way I'm speaking, hair is all gray on one side, mustache all peppery, young folks look at me as an old dude. But, amen. (laughs) But, they also see respect. Because I'll testify to this too, when we go to the skating rink, And Lynn and I are around, we're skating with people, you know, we're in our 50s and we're rolling, okay? And they're in their 20s and they're rolling. But they will come up to you and shake your hand and say, how you doing, sir? Like, who's calling me sir? But that's a sign of respect. And that's a sign of credibility. And guess what? Because I'm rolling with them and they're doing the same thing, we have a point where we can have a communication if we need to. Ain't got no street cred, but I can roll a little bit with them. So that does mean something. So your effective ministry in general, I'm going back to the young people again here, requires preparation. If you're writing that word down, preparation, that's an important word. And the repetition of good habits to show yourself to be a qualified servant of Jesus Christ. Now let's look at Timothy. Timothy in Scripture was viewed as a young person. Turn to 1 Timothy chapter 4. Let's take a look at that. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And when I said this message was also geared towards young people, young people can do this stuff that we're talking about today right now. You do not need to wait until you get older. You can read the Bible just like we can read the Bible. You can see what Scripture says just like what we are seeing. Now, you may need a a little bit of help with understanding some scriptures every now and then. But if you've got a nice, easy-to-read Bible, you'll be okay. And you start asking questions, and we'll help you out with that. But young people can be doing this thing about ministry of communication right now. Right now. You get that? Right now. Okay. 1 Timothy 4, verse 11 says, Command and teach these things. Let no one despise your youth. Instead, you should be an example to the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, in purity. Stop right there. If you're being an example, just like we talked about fathers being an example, you as a young person can be an example amongst your peers because you're doing these very things. You will stand out for the right reasons. You know, most folks go out of their way making trouble for other people, standing out for the wrong reasons. You know, just doing weird stuff like shooting spitballs in the classroom. Or putting gum on the seat of a teacher so he sits down on it. Or pulling somebody's pants down. I don't know. Just dumb stuff like that. Pranks all the time. Standing out for the wrong reasons. You don't have to do that. You can stand out for the right reasons by doing these things. Being in conduct, in faith, in love, in purity. Being a positive example. That's what fathers are to do. That's what kids should do. That's what the ladies should do too. Amen? Verse 13. Until I come, give your attention to public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Do not neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. This is uh, Timothy being referenced. Practice these things, be committed to them, so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for by doing this you will save both yourself and your hearers. Preparation, repetition of good habits. Doing the right things like this over and over and over again. It's an influence. It's a positive influence for those around you. You are laying the groundwork now for being that person who can be approached and ask questions about Jesus Christ in the future. You're laying the groundwork. That's what you're doing. Your preparation and communication starts with laying the groundwork. It starts with going to class, learning what's in the classroom, and also... Picking up that Bible and reading it, seeking questions, seeking guidance. Whether young or old, a believer will grow in his or her ability to minister to others with practical experience and consistency. Today we're going to look at five different areas that will promote effective interpersonal communication to the gospel. Of the gospel to others, excuse me. The first area, and these are all going to start with a word or a phrase that begins with the letter A. Very clever, right? No, just something inspired by God, I'll be honest with you. It really is. God is really good when he gives you information. First area starts with something very important in the model of effective communication. Number one, your attitude. Your approach is reinforced by your attitude. Attitude. Now, you've heard about people having a good attitude. You've heard about people having a bad attitude or an attitude problem. Well, we'll talk about both. Your attitude each and every day is your daily perspective on the importance of the day. Your attitude affects everything you do. It impacts your outlook on life. It has a profound effect on your ministry of communication. Do you wake up each morning ready to take on the day with a fervor? Or do you approach the day with dread and trepidation? Let's not gloss over your approach when you wake up each day. It's really important. Your day if you have a great attitude, should start with a thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to wake up this morning. That's a big amen. Say it, everybody. Big amen. Amen. Because it's true. If your attitude is such that you can't be thankful for even getting up in the morning, you already got a problem. And that goes for the young people, too, because young people... We don't know the number of days we have, do we? You have no idea. To be thankful has everything to do with your perspective about life itself. Everything that you do each day, including your communication with others in a work or a non work environment, centers on your attitude. Your attitude. Having a great outlook promotes a healthy interaction with others, a healthy relationship, and probably also promotes a healthy relationship with Jesus Christ, for that matter. While a negative outlook tends to keep you from interacting with others, if not outright pushing folks away from you, who wants to be around so-and-so? Who wants to be around gloomy gill? which we can make an inference that that means you have an unhealthy relationship with Jesus Christ. The only ministry that can take place when you're pushing people away is a negative testimony about Jesus Christ. If nobody wants to be around you, nobody wants to see you, you always look angry. You always look like something's wrong with you. Who are you going to reach for Jesus? So you see, getting up on the right side of the bed and living that way does mean something. Your attitude is on display each day. Now, look, you don't need to be a perfect person. That's unrealistic. We're not talking about perfection. You need to be a human being but also be different in how people see you. People should be able to see something different about you. You smile more than some people, for example. You're more positive than other people are. When you get an environment where everybody is complaining, moaning, and groaning, here you are, Mr. Perky positive. Well, people are going to see that and say, boy, that's a different perspective. They might look at you like you're crazy, but that's okay too. You're being positive because you have Jesus Christ in your life. They have nothing to look forward to. Understand where that negativism comes from. They're negative because they have nothing to look forward to. You have Jesus Christ. Makes a difference. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, please. When we talk about Your positive approach, your attitude, shapes and frames how people will see you. And see you as someone who is distinct and different. Now, not better than somebody else. Big difference. Just distinct and different. Where you are approachable as a person. Not so far up in the stratosphere where you can't be approached. You have to be an approachable person. How do you do that? By following what it says in Ephesians 6. Because if you're looking at what Ephesians 6 says in verses 6 through 8, you're on the right track. Don't work only while being watched in order to please men, but as slaves of Christ, do God's will from your heart. Verse 7. Serve with a good attitude as to the Lord and not to men. Look at that. Serve with a good attitude. Verse 8, knowing that whatever good each one does, slave or free, he will receive this back from the Lord. Selfish attitudes and behaviors are commonplace today. You don't have to go very far to find somebody who's selfish. Just go out on the road right now. Amen. I'm driving every day back and forth. I drive like 45 minutes a day in both directions. I see selfish behavior all the time. Folks cutting folks off, diving in and out of lanes. Folks smashing into each other too. Selfishness is everywhere. You don't have to go far to find it. While many people are out for themselves, to be selfless and concerned for others is refreshing. You don't see it very often today. You be that person. Selfless. Care about other people. That's how you make a difference. You draw others near to you when you show yourself to be selfless and caring for others. Flip over to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians 2. Start with verse 4. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, which is okay to do. You look after yourself, but also for the interests of others. You know, this verse will stop most folks dead in their tracks. If you've got a selfish attitude, guess what you are doing? You are looking after me, myself, and I. And everybody else, you get yours. Worry about yourself. I'm going to get mine. Make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Again, you're doing what Christ would do, but you're not doing it and saying, I'm better than you because I know Jesus Christ. Something sounds wrong with that, doesn't it? That's not Christ speaking. That's Satan speaking. Look out for the interests of others. So your attitude each and every day is just the beginning of your ministry of communication. Having a good attitude is everything. Now, your next area of consideration requires a measure of focus upon other people. The second point is attentiveness. Attentiveness. Attentiveness is to pay attention to your surroundings. Pay attention to the people that you come in contact with. Being aware of your surroundings. Being aware of the people that you interact with. Attentiveness. Believers who are in service for Jesus are participants in the ministry of reaching people just like themselves. While no one is created alike, the people that we come across each day have similar hopes, dreams, fears, concerns, tragedies, and triumphs. We all are emotional people. All these things happen to each of us at one time or another. It is the things that we have in common that help us to be able to reach others for Jesus Christ. The things we have in common. The things that we share. When people see your genuineness and your ability to relate to who they are, where they've come from, Where they want to go, you have established immediate credibility with that person, where you can share the gospel message at the appropriate time. But you've got to get to know that person to know what their hopes are, what their dreams are, what they're interested in. You've got to get to know that person. But let's also consider some important points of communication in this attentiveness, attentiveness, say that very fast three times, attentiveness process that require additional attention. First of all, your interpersonal interaction. There's a lot of inters in there. Your interpersonal interaction. So now, we're, we're going to talk about something that's very basic and very simple, but it's overlooked a lot. Your credibility in communication begins with your body, your posture, and your method of addressing the other person with the appropriate tone, your body, your posture, your tone. For example, if you are turned away from a person, you're turned away from a person when he or she approaches you and says something to you, do you do one of these, where you're looking over your shoulder at them, or do you turn and face the person? And acknowledge them. Now, that's a big thing. Is your posture erect? Or are you slouching? You know, are you going to be talking to folks and be like, like this? Hey, what's up? And, and having a conversation with somebody like that. You don't make them feel important when you do that. Now, that was a dramatic statement of slouching. But an erect posture means everything. Stand up straight when you're talking to somebody. That in itself shows a respect for the other person. Are you speaking in soft and reassuring tones? Or do you come across as if you're being bothered with the interruption? What do you want? Can't you see I'm busy? or do you respond in such a way where you are no matter what you're doing you turn and acknowledge the other person say how are you it's good to see you today consider how you would feel if you received negative responses negative feedback when you approach someone keep in mind too most people are hesitant to even approach you in the first place with questions. It's not a slam dunk that they want to come up to you right away and say something because they're nervous about it. They're hesitant about it. They don't want to bother you. That's, that's not the nature of this conversation. They don't want to disturb you. They don't want to bother people with personal questions or issues because of the perception that those questions are an imposition on the other person. They don't want to do that. But if you make them feel like it's a problem, guess what? They won't come back to you. A response of poor body language or a discouraging tone reinforces this very conclusion. They likely won't come back. You won't be encouraging any other opportunities for discussion. So-and-so is always bothering me. Which goes back to your attitude. Are you in ministry for Jesus Christ or are you out for yourself? Your body language, your conversation should always be inviting to the other person, no matter how busy you are. All of us are busy at any given moment. All of us are busy. There are going to be interruptions in what you do. Deal with it. Live with it. That's life. But when it comes to ministering for Christ, guess what? What's more important? You're being busy or reaching somebody for Jesus Christ? Amen? Well, y'all so quiet about this. like, you're going to be busy. But you can't leave out the important part that people are being sought because God put you in the position to be sought after to speak to people about Jesus Christ. Don't forget about that. It's very seldom that a person who approaches you will be completely sensitive to your sense of timing. But keep in mind, your ministry about Christ is not about your timing. It's about His timing. It's not about your timing. It's about His timing. Second point within the attendance area. Your eye contact. This is huge, everybody. Eye contact. Have you ever... Spoken to someone who cannot look you in the eye. Amen? Everybody in here has dealt with somebody who has spoken to you who can't look you in the eye. You don't know where they're looking. They're looking somewhere. Where are they looking? Are they looking at your forehead? Are they looking on your shoulder? Are they looking at your chin? You know they're not looking in your eyes. So where are they looking? How did you respond to that? First thing you want to do usually is like in the conversation as quickly as possible it's just there's just nothing behind it because your eye contact I don't care what the other person's saying means everything Eye contact don't underestimate the power of eye contact eye contact is important when people are passing by you in the hallway acknowledge them by looking them in the eye and saying good morning or good afternoon or how are you doing? Don't underestimate eye contact. Eye contact is huge! Eye contact in communication reinforces your words with confidence in what you're saying. Eye contact is huge. A lack of eye contact, no matter how sincere the words are, tends to diminish the words. If you can't look somebody in the eye, can you be trusted with the sincerity of what you're being saying? What you're saying? Now, to be fair, and let's let's what is successful eye contact? Because some people may not really know what that is. And that's okay. Successful eye contact is only making glances into another person's eyes and holding it in place for just a few seconds. That's successful eye contact. Eye contact is not staring somebody down until you creep them out. Yeah, I mean, you've had people do that too. Eyes all big looking at you, you, they must have lasers in there or something. Well, that's not successful eye contact. You're not supposed to be creeping anybody out. Now, if you believe... (laughs) if you believe you struggle with eye contact this is very unscientific but consider practicing reading an article go in front of a mirror go read a magazine or a newspaper just pick it up and take it in front of you in front of a mirror and read the information on the magazine article or the newspaper and then glance up and look at yourself in the mirror while you're doing that that's successful eye contact when you're doing that now That's a practice area. Every time you go see somebody, you're not going to be reading something and then talking to them. But what you're doing is you're practicing looking at someone in the eye by looking at yourself in the eye in the mirror. That's what you're doing. You practice that. If you think you have trouble with eye contact, go and try and do that. Take your eyes off the material long enough to look at yourself in the mirror. That's usually all it takes, and that's a good practice. It's going to help you do a couple of things. Number one, practice your focus on the person you're speaking to And also develop good habits of making eye eye contact that will help build your communication credibility. There's actually a verse that actually even talks about this. Proverbs chapter 4. Go to Proverbs 4. might be a stretch, but I'll let you debate that. Proverbs 4, we'll look at verses 25 and 26. Now, you're doing this because you're speaking in confidence. You're doing things in confidence for Jesus Christ. That's the whole point of this. When you're making eye contact with someone, when you're giving them the proper attention, you're doing so with the confidence of Christ behind you in what you're saying. So this is all about your attitude too. It says in verse 25 of Proverbs 4, let your eyes look forward, fix your gaze straight ahead. Now that means a focus. Paying attention to what's in front of you. Paying attention to the person that is before you giving them their regard. And it says, verse 26, carefully consider the path for your feet and all your ways will be established. Which means everything that you're doing is because Jesus Christ is enabling you to do it. He's giving you that confidence. But you've got to live in that confidence and do those things in your ministry of communication. Third point. Allowing, there's the A word, allowing the Spirit to speak through you, allowing the Spirit to speak through you. Now, this is not as obvious or as practical as it seems to be. You would think, yeah, we should all be allowing the Spirit to speak through us. Guess what? It's not as simple as that. It's something you have to consciously do. Many people may get the first two areas, the attitude part, the attentiveness part, about this, but fail to impart the wisdom or information that God would have the person provide because of one thing getting in the way, and that's pride. If pride gets in the way, the whole thing is off. Before you get all puffed up because someone comes over to you for advice, like you're Dr. Phil or something, or some sort of a psychologist, Before you get all puffed up about that, remember who put you in that position in the first place. Jesus Christ put you in that position to be an approachable person. Let the Spirit do the speaking. Go to Galatians chapter 5, please. What will help you with that whole thing about pride and feeling better than someone else or remembering where you came from is the first thing but also knowing that you're operating through the Spirit. You're operating in the Spirit so that you will not be in the flesh. Galatians 5.16 says, I say then, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. So we can infer with that verse, if you're not walking by the Spirit, guess what? You're in the flesh. That's what that means. the flesh will take you to places you don't necessarily want to be. Take you away from your focus on the Lord. Take you away from being this person who's coming to you for advice, and now you're taking matters into your own hands. You're not operating in the Spirit. You don't want to do that. You want to operate in the Spirit. You are allowing the Spirit to speak through you. Jesus Christ sent the Holy Spirit to be a helper for each of us to reach people. We reach others through the power and wonder of the Spirit, who enables us to speak His words. And you know what's really interesting? When you're really allowing the Spirit to work, you will sometimes say stuff you had no idea you were going to say. You had no clue you were going to say it. Have you ever had that moment where you're just saying stuff, And stuff is coming out, and it's profound. It's like, where did that come from? Well, it came from the Spirit. That's what you want. That's what you want. That's what people need to hear. The people need to hear the Spirit speaking. He does His best work through us when we get out of the way. If we allow him to work through us, we receive the additional benefit from his instruction and guidance in how we conduct ourselves every day. Take a look at John chapter 14, please. John 14. The neat thing about the Holy Spirit, he uses us to speak to other people. At the same time, he is teaching us and guiding us in what we do every day. That's really cool. I mean, we have a spirit that is working in all different ways. Each and every one of us can learn something every day if we're paying attention to the spirit. They will give us something additional to work with. Every day. It says in John chapter 14, I have spoken these things to you while I remain with you, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, the Father, will send him in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have told you. And why do we do that? We need to be reminded of things. We need to be reminded how good God is. We need to have that reinforcement. That allows us to speak to people in confidence. It allows us to say the words of the Spirit. We know that the Spirit intends everything for good. And that's even in bad situations. He works through all those situations for good. Point number four, anticipate the possibilities. Anticipate the possibilities. Your ministry of communication needs to anticipate the possibilities. To anticipate is to be prepared for the eventualities of a situation or a circumstance and being prepared to take action when the time is right. So in other words, if you understand your ministry. If you understand you're in communication with people, you need to be ready to anticipate what will come from that. What will come from your interaction, your casual discussions, your conversations with people? My wife had a unique situation uh, where someone, someone from work, we we have to assume based upon the language, someone from her job, that they don't know the Lord. They're into spiritual stuff, maybe. Let's, let's leave it there. And she said, I, I, and wrote, wrote my wife an email saying, I know that you're a religious person. So I had a dream last night and proceeded to tell about the dream. And the long story short is that the dream was about all cor- sorts of turmoil and chaos going on on the ground. And then she looks up in the air and sees this Figure a being with wings, and the being with wings was referenced, and she saw herself gravitating to this thing because it was very peaceful and calm. And this being was had a reference to the name Philip. Philip, okay. Well, the first Philip that came to my mind and that came to Lynn's mind when she saw that was the Philip that we read about in in Scripture, the Philip we read. So she proceeded to write back to the other person and give the account of Philip in the Ethiopian saying well here's a reference about Philip maybe this is something that you can use and and take that information with and I think her response after that after she read the whole thing was thank you and that was the end of that now all you can do is go with what you know we're not interpreters of dreams necessarily we don't do that but we can go by key words sometimes if something angelic is causing peace That person sees all kinds of turmoil, they're gravitating towards it, then steer them in the direction of Jesus Christ. That's what you do. That's all you can do. You put them in that direction. You don't know where that email is going to go later on. You're anticipating maybe it will go somewhere later. So be prepared for that. So the application of your ministry of communication is to be ready for anything. Now the first question you might ask is, how can you be ready for anything? How can you be ready for anything? Well, the smart-alecky smart answer that you might give to that is, well, you can't really be ready for anything. But what you can do in anticipating the possibilities is just to lay the groundwork. That email was the groundwork. You're laying the groundwork. You're establishing where you come from. So you no longer are you just a religious person. You're a person now who follows Jesus Christ. You lay the groundwork. Your ministry of communication includes a considerable amount of discussion about those things. Now, another thing that's really important, too, about this, about laying the groundwork, you don't have to talk about religious stuff or Jesus Christ in every conversation you have with people. Talk about stuff that they can relate to. You want to show yourself to be a genuine person. You should be talking about all kinds of stuff, not just about faith stuff. Talk about everything else. If that person likes football and you got football, you got something in common. If that person likes to embroider, embroid, you know, do embroidery and you do too, you've got something in common. If you like to make quilts and the other person likes to make quilts, you've got something in common. Talk about that stuff. Talk about stitchery. Knit one, pearl two, whatever it is. Talk about all that stuff. You're developing a relationship. It doesn't have to be always about talking about Jesus. Your anticipation is in the development of your relationship and your ongoing prayer to God and allowing the Spirit to work as you learn more about the person you're interacting with. You know, it's amazing how much you'll find out about people as you're talking to them. You'll learn more things about them as you get to know them. You'll learn more about them. There might be something you'll be able to learn about somebody you've known them for a year. I had no clue that you liked that stuff. Or I had no idea you were doing those things. It might be a good idea to avoid that person who's into Satan worship when you find out about that. Or have another conversation. Oh, so you're into that, huh? Okay, still a testimony there. As you learn about people, you're developing, you're able to anticipate, you're able to now be able to react or respond when the time comes. When God selects the time, he's going to give you the words to say they're going to lead a person to make a decision for Christ. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. You're going to be able to do it. Number five. Oh, one verse I forgot. Sorry, Romans 12.2. Romans 12.2. This is something that... I was getting a little ahead of myself here. Romans 12.2 is a verse that you should also pay attention to when it comes to interacting with other people. Now, this is something that... These are the basics. These verses that you're seeing are the basics. These are things that kids should be doing. Adults should be doing. This is an ongoing thing that you're doing in your development of your communication. uh, Romans 12, verse 2 says, Do not be conformed to this age. You're in an age where people are conforming to everything. They're doing whatever they want to do. They're doing things how they want to do them. But be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Your ongoing prayers will give you the ability to see God working in the situation and to be able to anticipate every question and comment that will lead you to our final point. Number five. Act in God's timing. Act in God's timing. Acting in God's timing. God is the one who saves. You don't. God is the one who saved you. You acknowledge you needed God. He took care of the rest. But God is the one who saves. You lay the groundwork, but you act in his timing. There are going to be opportunities to speak the gospel message to others, but you need to be prepared for them and be ready to act according to the direction of the Holy Spirit. That's part of your anticipation. The Spirit is working through these discussions that you're having with this other person. Now, even with your anticipation of the possibility of such a conversation, it still can occur very quickly, sometimes when you don't expect it. You've got to be ready. If you are in prayer continually and earnestly seeking God's help in this area, he's always going to provide you what you need. He is not going to let you down. He's going to not make you feel like, boy, you really put me out there. I know what to do. That's not going to happen. God's going to give you what you need right when you need it. When God selects the time, he will give you the words to say that will lead a person to make a decision for Jesus Christ. One very important thing I had to learn when I was growing up, and this goes back to the point about God doing the saving and you don't, I had to learn that. There was such a burden that was placed on people in in some churches that are a little bit more legalistic, where the burden is put on you, the person, to save somebody. Well, that's not what Scripture says at all. You are operating in the Spirit. You are saying the words, God is the one who saves you, saves the person. But he trusts and enables you. It's such a blessing that he uses us to save other people. That shows how much of a value he has given to you as a person to entrust him with the gospel to reach other people. That's a real blessing. And with that blessing comes that responsibility to operate in the Spirit, to wait on Him, to work with Him, and work through Him in reaching other people. So, a quick recap of your ministry of communication reveals these five components that help one to fulfill their abilities as a believer in Jesus Christ. Number one, your attitude. Your attitude. Number two, your attentiveness, paying attention to the other person. Number three, allowing the Spirit to work. Number four, anticipate the possibilities. And number five, action in God's timing. You don't need to be the best communicator for Jesus. You just need to be your best to allow the Holy Spirit to use you in your new and ongoing relationships. You be your best, whoever you are. You don't have to be the best communicator. Just be the best person you can be. Amen? Your ministry of communication is rooted in your kindness, your thoughtfulness, and having a humble heart for other people. That's where it starts. Pray about how God will use you this week in your role of carrying out His Great Commission. Go to Matthew chapter 9, please. We'll close out with this verse. There is plenty to do. There are plenty of children that need to be reached for the Lord. There are plenty of people who are in their 20s and 30s that need to be reached for the Lord. There are a bunch of people in their 40s and 50s that need to be reached for the Lord. There are people in their 60s and 70s that need to be reached for the Lord. We have a lot to do. Plenty to do. It says in verse 35 of Matthew chapter 9, Then Jesus went to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. Verse 36, When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were weary and worn out like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Verse 38, Therefore pray to the Lord of harvest to send out workers into his harvest you may not realize it but God has enabled you with such a precious gift the gift of communication to speak the gospel to other people whether you're young or old what a precious gift use it the harvest is abundant but the workers are few Because you've got to learn how to operate in the Spirit and live your entire life that way, no matter what you're doing. Amen? That's your ministry of communication. That's what fathers should be doing with their children, loving their wives in the same way, supporting them, embracing them, living as a family. But you've got to communicate the words, I love you. You've got to say those words. You have to live that way. Your actions support your words. Those are very profound statements to make. I can't tell you how many times I've heard bad stories about people saying, I can't say I love you. And someone living with somebody for I don't know how long. It doesn't work, it doesn't set the example. Because when the kids see that, guess what they do? They learn the same thing. Each of us has a ministry of communication. Amen? Amen? Speak those words. Say kind words to people. Give them their proper attention. Stand up straight. Use the proper body language. Use the proper eye contact. Show yourself to be a person who really does... Mean them good. Really does care about them. Really pays attention to them. Pay attention to that this week. See how you talk to people. Pay attention to how you're approaching people. Pay attention to how you respond to people. This is for everybody. It makes a difference. It makes a big difference. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you for how you have shown us through your word that even in some of the simplest ways, you want us to reach people for Jesus Christ. Lord, thank you for showing us that kind words and compassion, engagement with other people, learning about them, developing relationships, is how you want us to reach other people, how you want us to lay the groundwork, We thank you for giving us the ability to see how your attitude is so important in this process. We thank you for giving us that perspective, for allowing us to humble ourselves enough to know that but for the grace of God, there I go. We thank you for those lessons. We thank you for giving us information to pay attention to. Help us to be able to minister to others through seeking what you have to say first and allowing you to work in those persons' lives. We are enriched by that communication with you, Lord. We thank you for it. We ask all these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Communication is so important. The communication of the gospel is paramount. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, there's not a whole lot that I said right now that makes a whole lot of sense. But it starts with having a relationship with Jesus Christ. Knowing who he is. Knowing that he can be your personal savior. When you acknowledge Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit immediately comes into you where you will be enabled and empowered with the Spirit to act, to learn more about Jesus Christ. It's a wonderful, tremendous thing to have. We need to always remember to pray for those people we know that don't know the Lord. We don't make an assumption just because they go to church that they know the Lord Jesus Christ. That's a bad assumption to make. There are people who have been in church for 40 years who don't know the Lord because they've never made that acceptance of who Jesus Christ is. Need to pray for those people. Father, we pray for those individuals who do not know you. People that we know, people that we come in contact with, people that think going to church is sufficient we pray that you will just touch them right now, Lord. Give them the insight to seek you, and not just doing good, but seek you in all things. For there's only one way, and that's through the, through the Father, through Jesus Christ, is the way we reach the Father. We hear about that and read about that in John 14:6. We need to remind ourselves of that and pray for those people who do not know you, Lord. We thank you for hearing those prayers. We, we pray for the ability to speak to them when the time is right. Please impart your wisdom upon us when that time comes to speak the truth and tell them that there's only one way. We thank you for the answers to prayer for those people who do not know you, Lord, that come to know you. We thank you for your saving grace, and we ask all of these things in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Father, we pray for this offering now that you will multiply it and use it for your kingdom. We thank you for how it will touch the lives of people we don't even know. We give you praise in Jesus' precious name.